Several months ago, I was given a medication for a persistent cough. To balance the medical management with my own behaviors that were impacting this cough, I was also given the opportunity to meet Melanie, a speech-language pathologist. With very specific exercises, I'm learning to change some of my long-established speaking habits. I'm moving the focus of my voice from my vocal cords to the front of my face. Who knew? Obviously not me. And I can remember saying to Melanie after one particularly transformative session, Melanie, where have you been all my life? As I speak using this new technique, I can actually feel the vibrations in my face as opposed to just my throat, where my vocal cords are. Melanie has taught me that this is called forward focus or or resonance, and these words speak to me as a leader, as one who wants to have forward focus and wants to resonate appropriately. And, And I could go on with that analogy, but let me get back to what I was learning through the speech therapy. Using my voice effectively is based on the presence of air moving over the vocal cords in my throat. The faster that I breathe in and out, the less pressure my vocal cords have to work with. A powerful moment in time with Melanie was when she said, you're not breathing enough to support your optimum voice. Slow down and breathe through your nose. As soon as I started taking time for deeper breaths while changing my voice to a forward focus, the quality of my voice changed, and over time, my cough resolved. By not taking the time to breathe fully, by shortening my breaths, by trying to hurry up and get my words out, I was constantly putting pressure on my vocal cords. And it was at this point that Melanie discussed with me the use of pause. I I had to chuckle because for years I have been trying, very unsuccessfully, to learn the use of pause in in rapid-firing conversations Trying to accomplish so much within a short business call led me to the idea that if I could just talk more quickly, it was going to get me to the intended outcome of the call. I mean, it was time-sensitive work. And, And yet the conversation with Melanie gave me so much to think about. And so I started doing exercises to teach me how to give my vocal cords what they needed. And the pause came naturally when I slowed down to breathe properly. I I had not connected that I was forcing air from my lungs to increase the speed of my communication. I thought a lot about Melanie's statement of the need to take time to breathe, and it gave me insight into the gap that exists when you and I seek true presence, something that I've been thinking about a lot recently. There are just some leadership outcomes that can't be forced or rushed. And I believe that the soft skill of true presence is one. It's not an easy soft skill to learn, but it's a concept that is emerging as critical in a leader's quest to go beyond success towards significance. If you were to look at the top list of 2020 soft skills to learn, you would see things like communication, collaboration, being able to adapt. As I look at true presence, to me it's like peeling back the layers of connections and uncovering a deeper meaning 
to these soft skills of things like communication and collaboration. This is Nina Ellison, and as I look at True Presence today, I, I have a question for you. Are you using the soft skill of true presence in a world where many of our connections are virtual? This is a question I've been asking myself, and so I'm going to share with you my exploration into the meaning of true presence. Let me pause for a moment and share from one of my mentors, John Maxwell, international leadership expert, as he defines leadership by saying, leadership is influence. True presence is not for those who have a a certain position or a title, but rather for those who seek to understand the value of influence that they have in the lives of those that they live and they work with, beginning with ourselves. You know, when there's a lack of true presence, we can see that the gap in effective communication widens. In fact, I believe that the lack of true presence impacts those who need it the most. Let me say that again. The lack of true presence impacts those who need it the most. It might be me as a leader that is impacted by a lack of sharing true presence, or it might be those that I work with that are impacted by the lack of receiving the benefits of true presence. Today, I'm going to explore the answers to three questions that that I've asked myself. The first one is, how do I define true presence as a leader? The second is, what is the value or the impact of true presence in a leader's life? And third, what are some practical ways that I can choose to embrace true presence? So the first question, how do I define true presence in a leader? But, But before I share the definition... I want to discuss, first of all, that there are so many elements to this idea of a leader's true presence, and I want to share three with you. The first idea is that true presence in a leader's life is a moment-by-moment experience. It's not an experience that can be fully replicated again. You can talk about it, you can learn from it, but you cannot reproduce the exact experience. That's the beauty of true presence. When you realize it's happening, you know that you're a part of something special for that moment in time. I've actually shared this with teams that I've led in the past when the evidence of true presence is alive. And and I've even said, hey, we need to pause and celebrate this moment because we won't come this exact way again. Another element of true presence is that a leader's sense of true presence varies. So I guess what I'm saying is true presence is a subjective experience. And it often begins with the conversation where the leader asks the right question. A third element is that true presence is the property of each individual. It can't be borrowed from another leader. It can't be taken from an outside resource. And it can't be given or demanded from a leader. A third element to true presence is that it is the property of each individual. It cannot be borrowed from others. It can't be taken from outside resources. And it can't be given or demanded from another leader. The definition I've chosen for true presence comes from nursing theorist Dr. Rosemary Parse, who shared it in her theory on human becoming. 
She said that true presence is an intentional way of being. I love that. An intentional way of being. So are you willing to accept the idea that true presence is about being and not doing? And I realize this is kind of tricky since I said that the third question in this podcast, I would discuss practical ways to choose to embrace true presence. So let's look at the second question. What is the value or the impact of true presence in a leader's life? You know, when we talk about this soft skill of true presence, I think it it nudges us to think about things like deeper, healthier relationships with those you work with or those you serve. It asks us to consider the impact we're having on successful outcomes. And certainly it has us considering how are we uncovering what really matters? Can you and I uncover what really matters without the soft skill of true presence in a leadership? This is a transformational skill. I can't recall who first shared with me this phrase, it's not what you do, but the difference you make. But the phrase speaks to the value, speaks to the intentionality of presence, not not just physical presence, not the idea of having to be in the room, but the difference that you're making as you connect with people. And, you know, I've shared before that I'm a family nurse practitioner, and I remember one day as I was seeing patients and the office manager popped her head around the doorway and said, there's, there's someone to see you, and she gave me a wink. And right behind her came Jane, a smiling 18-year-old. And just, just for a moment, my mind flashed back to a frightened 11-year-old girl who had presented for a sports physical exam. Her coach had sent her saying she had to have a physical exam if she wanted to play sports. She came with a note from her mom, giving permission for the visit. It was our first encounter, and I could tell she was really nervous, almost fearful. And as I began my assessment, I realized there was something wrong. She kept her head down, and she barely responded to my questions. And as I began the physical portion of the exam, she was trembling, and so I I stopped the exam and I sat down beside her. Are you able to share what's going on? I I want to help you. A big tear rolled down her cheek and then another and then another. And sobbing, she told her story where a month before, seven young men had broken her window during the night and climbed into her room and simultaneously raped her. And she had told no one. That day I confirmed that Jane was pregnant and had several sexually transmitted infections. Over the next seven years, Jane came to see me. I had the privilege of watching her grow and be the first in her family to graduate from high school. And these were the times when I was aware that I had been at the right place at the right time with the right presence. I wish I could share with you that this was always my approach, but there are times when I have totally missed the big point as I've sought to connect with people. But, but not this time. This time I was catching a glimpse of the intentionality that I desired in true presence. So back to the three questions that I was asking in this podcast. The first one was, how, how do I define true presence? What is the value or the impact of true presence? And now this third one is, what are some practical ways that I can choose to embrace true presence. In other words, what can I put into practice 
to put this human connection at the center of my work. In the 1990s, researchers identified five components of this concept of being intentional. I want to use these components to help us put into practice an intentional way of being. In fact, I want to invite you to consider applying these five steps to an action, to an initiative, or a relationship where you really want to learn more about this idea of being truly present. Okay, so so let's begin. The, The first step on a journey to intentionality starts when you have a desire for an outcome. Being intentional must come from within, from from your own desires. And as I think about this in terms of the connection between our personal and our professional life, it speaks strongly to the fact that others, such as our, our work colleagues or other leaders, cannot initiate the desire within you for an outcome. You truly own the intentionality of being. No one can be intentional for you or start the desire within you. So this is the first component of being intentional in discovering the value of true presence. The second is that you believe that what you are planning will lead you to this desired outcome. You know, it's only when you believe that an outcome is probable or possible that your journey into intentionality continues. Without a belief that your plans will lead to outcomes, you, you won't proceed. And this is where you can get stuck in the I wish rut, like I wish I could have had that outcome, or I wish I could be a leader that uses these kind of skills in leadership. The third is that you intend to perform the actions within your plan. And and to be honest, this is where many of us stop and say, okay, we're being intentional. If you're not careful, you begin confusing your intentions with your actions that have not yet happened. You can see the difference between your intentions and your actions if you look at your impact. And if you're not having an impact as a leader, have you confused what it means to have good intentions with actually performing the actions? You know, if we use our intentions as a measure for success, we will feel as though we're successful. You know, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that. And I'm just going to encourage you, don't stop here. Move on to the next step. The fourth step in intentionality is that you have skills to perform the actions that you planned. In looking at some of the hard skills of leadership, some of the technical skills, some of the strategic skills, here's where both hard and soft skills come together and complement each other with a leader who is seeking to learn true presence because skill is a critical component of intentionality. Okay, so you're seeking to apply true presence and you're perhaps starting to wonder, when am I going to get there? The four steps so far are that you have a desire for an outcome. You believe that what you're planning to do will lead to the outcome. You have that intention to perform your desire and you have the skills that you need. And finally, the last step of being intentional is that you are performing that action. And in that moment of the action, there is an awareness that you are experiencing true presence, the intentionality of being. I'm going to go back to the story I just shared with you about Jane. Obviously, that's not her real name. But she was one who helped me to learn this idea of being intentional. You know, first, my desired outcome 
was to serve my patients holistically. Secondly, I believed that I could do this through a process of subjective and objective assessment and planning that I used the same way every time, consistently. And third, I intended to meet these outcomes. And this is where I shared that sometimes I didn't succeed, but there was a desire within me to intend to meet my outcome with every patient. Fourth, I continually sought to grow and to develop in, in my own skills. And fifth, in that moment that I shared of, with you, I saw that there was a deeper action needed to meet Jane's need. And I found myself in that action of pausing and saying, how may I help you? That in that moment, the awareness was real. And I knew that I was experiencing true presence in a new way. So whether you're face-to-face or connecting virtually, the intentionality of being, this idea of true presence, is a skill that can be learned. And when you become aware that your desires, your beliefs, your plans, and your skills all link together to advance your influence, you're prepared to experience this powerful soft skill called true presence. Last week, I shared that at the end of July, you'll have the opportunity to join a leadership soft skill advancement experience. This six weeks course of game-changing soft skills will include microburst activities as well as roundtable discussions. So more to come on that in the weeks ahead. Today, I'm going to ask that you share this podcast on True Presence with someone you know who will be encouraged by these ideas that move each of us towards being healthy leaders.